The Disciplined Investor is underwritten by Interactive Brokers. Interactive Brokers charges USD margin loan rates from 0.75% to 1.59% with rates subject to change. Learn more at ibkr.com slash compare. The Disciplined Investor is all about you, your money, and the markets. Sit back and get ready for this edition of the Disciplined Investor Podcast. This episode of The Disciplined Investor is sponsored by Horowitz & Company. If you're looking for a portfolio manager, look no further. Horowitz & Company, from seed through harvest, cultivating financial success. Newsflash, Elon Musk is really rich. The richest, in fact. Tech earnings driving markets to new highs. The Goldilocks situation brewing. Democrats tripping over themselves to get a deal done. Any deal, it doesn't matter. Just a deal. It doesn't matter how bad it is. Who cares? It's spooky out there. Halloween 21. Here we go. All this and much more on episode number 738 of the Disciplined Investor Podcast. Hello there, I am back. Hope you enjoyed the best of openings episode last week. We had some fun putting that together. Thanks to Ryan Radisky who produced that for us. Some fun moments in there and some things that were kind of, uh, well, telling of what is the progress of where we are throughout the year this year and kind of where how we got to where we were from the beginning to the end. Hey, I'm Andrew Horowitz and thanks for joining me this week and every week on the Disciplined Investor Podcast. We come together to, to talk. We come together together to learn. We, we, we come to, together to understand what is the purpose of this journey through our financial existence. It's all about making sure that we have the ability to understand what is going on in the world of finance as well as creating our own level of of financial independence and financial security. That's why we do this each and every week. That's why we've been doing this since 2007. And many of you have been with me that long. So thank you so much for being there. And I know from the emails and the stories and the conversations that I have with you about how you've managed to work, not only with our show, but also with your process and your the information you get out there, putting it all together to make sure that you are set for the future. And that's everything I can ask for. You know, I've been to a, a variety of charitable events uh, recently. They're starting to kick up a, a little bit again. I was at one the other night and I was looking at a few of the ones that I'm involved with. And I was looking at some of the people that were on the boards that I know and that were involved in doing this and talk. They were talking about how the most important thing, why they do this, why they give back. You know, they were kind of giving those discussions during the events. And I was thinking to myself, you know, the most important thing that I think that I've done and I can do and I will continue to do is to provide information and insights and do what I can to help educate because what is more important than making sure that you and your family are secure? That's the whole point of many of these charities, right? I'm not saying we're being charitable here, but that's the point of what they're doing and all these people volunteering 
And what they're doing is trying to make someone's life better. And that is all that I ask for. And thank you for being there. And thank you for giving me the feedback that tells me that, you know what, we're on target. We're doing just that. Helping to make sure people are secure. So, uh, quick note, starting next week on the show, we're going to be doing and kicking off uh, a, a few segments of uh, a more in-depth educational component. I guess that's the best way to describe it, where we're going to be talking about some of the things that really are behind the scenes. And we're going to be, I guess, it's not actually basics, but kind of a back-to-basics concept. And we're going to talk about some of the topics of you know what we need to do to plan, making sure the end of year is taken care of, what you have to do, things like, I don't know, estate planning. Anyway, we're going to talk about all that at the end of the show today and kind of get you set for that. In the meantime, please do me a favor because I like to weave this into the discussions next week, and that is answer any questions that you may have about maybe some basics, you know? How can I start investing? Or, hey, um... You know, what about a mutual fund versus an ETF versus stock? Or should I be investing in bonds or should I be doing it in a unit investment trust? I don't know. Whatever questions you may have. In addition to that, I want you to step one more foot backwards. And let's talk about estate planning. Let's talk about tax planning. Let's talk about family planning, child, uh, college, those kind of things. I want you to send me your emails and questions and let's get those answered. Here's your opportunity for a freebie. Go over to thedisciplinedinvestor.com. On the upper right side, it says Ask Andrew. Click on that very simply. Write the note. We'll get those questions answered throughout this educational component over the next several weeks when we get to it. Now, in the spirit of uh, making sure that everybody gets this next question answered, and we'll spend just a few minutes on this, but I'm just back from my trip to Egypt and one thing I can tell you, because many people ask, like, what's the what what's what's the thing? What is like what blew your mind? What was the you know was it the food? Was it the people? Was it a lot of things? But honestly, it may seem like oh yeah, well obviously the pyramids and the history that went into the sweat, the labor, the time, the planning that all made those pyramids stand for the last 5,000 years. It really puts things into a perspective in a different way because I was standing there. I'm not telling you. I'm going to tell you this moment that I had. You could share it with me now. Just kind of like just for a moment, envision standing in a hot sun, blue sky. Everything else is kind of uh, sand uh, tan. So you got the blue sky and everything else is this, this, this sand color. Everything. And I'm looking at these pyramids. They're in the background, two of them. They're enormous. They're just enormous. And I was thinking about how they're still standing, where all these other things maybe aren't. And I was thinking about investing, and I was thinking about planning, and I was thinking about the people now where, where we are today in, in a world that is looking at these Really short time frames, right? We're looking at, well, how can I get rich today? The stock was up 30% today. That's great. I want to get another one tomorrow and the next day and the next day. That's great. But time frames are short, right? We're talking about minutes. We're talking about hours and maybe even days, sometimes weeks. But when you start stretching that out to months, quarters, years, decades, not a lot of people are thinking about that. 
we're looking way too closely at a lot of this. And I'm guilty of that as well. Sometimes thinking too short term when we're talking here and we're talking about, wow, you know, the portfolios were up a blank percent or down blank percent or moving this way over the last week. And, and I start to really kind of have this moment standing in front of the pyramids, realizing, you know, thousands of years and decades and decades to build these pyramids, these temples that are out there, you realize there's a much bigger picture in life. And stop concerning myself and thinking about, you know, what's happening today, which is hard to do for all of us. What's happened the last 24 hours? But what's next? What's over the next year, the next two years, three years, five years? How many decisions could you have made that would have been a lot better potentially? Now, I'm not suggesting that I'm short-term in my thinking of all things, but sometimes, you know, you get caught up in that 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 route that, you know, hey, uh, you know, I, that, that position or that uh, idea or what I'm doing here is really uh, not working because it's not working over the last two weeks. We got to think out further. Listen, you can't get rich overnight, right? Literally, you cannot build a pyramid that lasted 5,000 years and all the hard work that was put into it overnight. There was planning. There's outlook. And when I saw all the other mud brick houses that were just put together hastily, lasted, I don't know, five or 10 years, maybe even 50 years throughout Egypt. And the comparison with the pyramids and the Sphinx and the other temples, we're talking about two, four, five thousand years these things have been standing. Wouldn't it be great? If we can do that for our portfolios, you know, they talk, uh, I talk about, um, they, they talk about, you know, all the planning that went into place with regard to the pyramids. And I talk about all the planning we need to do here, but sometimes, again, it gets lost in when we're watching somebody on TV talking about the earnings for Apple or Amazon this quarter and why companies are kind of, you know, trying to shy away from the idea of, quarterly reports. But we have to think about the logic and the wisdom of looking out forward a little bit longer. I mean, there's, there's clearly a time for trading that's based on news or even chart patterns. I'm, I'm totally on board with that. But that's around a core solid allocation. I mean, you have to have rules. Like, one of my rules is never fall in love with a stock or, you know, love a stock as long as it loves you. And we know about diversification. We know about the flower garden and pruning and watering and careful choice of what goes into that garden. We've talked about that time and time again, right? We also know about one foot in, one foot out. We know at times of deep concern and confusion, we got to be really careful so we don't make mistakes. So many ideas, we have models, we have plans, we have constructs to help us get towards financial independence. But you need to put that into place. You need to act and think forward, outward, not for tomorrow, unless your whole life is an NFT or maybe the metaverse, as Facebook is trying to get us to do. But you need to ask yourself, where am I thinking? If I'm going to retire in 20 years, doesn't my goal have to be 20 years rather than tomorrow? 
don't I need to think outward one to five years at a time rather than one to five minutes? Right? I mean, does that make sense? I think it makes sense in the world. I, I have to bring myself back to that a lot of times. Also, when I'm looking at things, because that's what, and by the way, that's why I have systems and rules and why I created for the company ways in which that will run a portfolio based on a strict standard so that my emotions, my ideas, my short-termness doesn't get in the way. So we can think outward without the battle. You got to keep asking yourself, and especially now that we're entering into the last couple of months of the year, are you thinking long-term? Are you set up? Are you structured? Are you core allocated? I think it's really important. But that's what I got kind of out of the pyramids itself. The, the enormity of what was there, the, the time, the planning, the fact that they're still there. <laughs> that's the big issue, right? Let's get back to Egypt, though. The country itself, my travels for a minute, and I covered a good chunk of the country. South, just uh, just north of the Sudanese border, there's um, Abu Sindel, which is a temple carved into the side of a mountain. That was pretty cool. Think, think about like uh, Petra in Jordan. Then we went to Luxor. We took a Nile River cruise down to Aswan. Pretty hot, 95 degrees, not a cloud in the sky, 0% chance of rain all week that I was there. And uh, pretty, pretty good on the COVID front. Probably a lot of people asking about that. They are very strict on anybody coming into the country and constant uh, watching after those that could be sick and quarantining. Uh, very strict, in fact. There's also a security question you may be asking. How's the security? Well, uh, on the bus that I got on, we had about 15 of us. We had a, Even though it was only 15 of us, we had a big bus. Uh, Bomb-sniffing dogs every time we entered the bus in the morning. We had a security guard with an M40, I believe it was an M40, uh, semi-automatic, I th believe that's what it was. Plus, we had a police escort the whole time. You may say, well, wow, you're fancy. No, that's just what's required in Egypt for foreign travelers. And you know what that does? It keeps foreign travelers from coming, uh, to, keeps them coming back for more because they feel safe. I went from Luxor again to Aswan, back to Cairo. Weddings, like what you see in the Crazy Rich Asians movie. No kidding. One big thing, not a lot of booze. At all. Went up to Alexandria, which is the Riviera of Egypt, a town on the edge of the Mediterranean. Really cool. Not for those this trip who relish their cocktails, because Egypt's pretty dry. The food, mm, typical M Middle Eastern, I'll call it. Very gaseous. No kidding. Like after the second day, I said, okay, time out on the falafel and the hummus. Done. Time out on the tahini. The fool, the fava beans, done. I got to find something else to eat because I was just like, honestly, I felt like my stomach was was walking four feet in front of me. I, I was, it was killing me. A little more than you need to know, probably. But uh, let's leave it there. Sights and history, unparalleled, amazing, amazing. Now back here at home, here we are, spooky times, Halloween, twenty twenty one. What are you doing? I actually was worried, concerned, thinking about. Uh, What's going to be with Halloween? I reached out to some people I know in the candy business, and they said, you know what? They're doing just fine. Somehow, even with the lockdowns that we had last year, 
People are still doing things. They found ways. Candy is big. Everybody loves chocolate, right? I mean, let's be honest. So I was thinking about, you know, this. And that's why I asked about, you know, Halloween in, in, in times of COVID. And I was thinking about all of this that's going on in these strange times and market action. That was a bit wonky, I thought, last week coming into the end of the month and earnings season in full swing. In fact, you know, we're seeing Congress in full dingbat, just dingbat mode. Going and looking like a bunch of just, I, I don't know what it looks like, but it's, it's a bunch of Keystone cops that are just crashing into each other right now. The Democrats trying to pull off some kind of deal, any deal, doesn't matter what the deal is. They just want a deal. They want to they have a win, no matter how poorly constructed it is. And it is poorly constructed. When they come out and they talk about we're going to raise money through taxing the wealthy, or we're going to raise money from taxing companies, or we're going to do capital gains increases, and then they say, well, we can't do that. Nope, we'll change that. Nope, can't do that. Let's try this. Let's do that. Does it work? And they do this over and over without going and finding out what the ramifications, the implications on the economy are going to be, or on the states, or on taxpayers, or where this is all going to go wrong some way, or right. It's like they're doing this on the back of a napkin. It's really a very sad situation that's going on in Congress. And markets are moving on that. We saw that there was some things about tax credits for EVs, and we saw that solar power and various clean energy constructs were still in there with significant amounts of money. That looks like it's in the final bill. Well, again, the final bill, according to what? What's being yanked from the floor, not even voted on? What else could be pulled? I tell you right now, I would not be investing on what is supposed to be or not supposed to be in that bill. Because it seems to me they could change their mind at any moment. And believe you and me, <laughs> they will. What about earnings? What's going on in the earnings front? We had about 40% of the companies in the S&P that reported. About 80% of them have been beaten on EPS, which is pretty incredible. Revenues are looking better. And so far, we've seen about an increase of about th in total. 37% on earnings from a year ago period. That's pretty impressive. And before you get too excited on that, this was from a year ago. And we were still dealing with all the potential problems with shutdowns, reopenings, and just getting restarted. And comparisons are being made right now. And what we're looking at is from a pretty low base. And that's going to be getting tougher as we move ahead. Still... There's a good job by analysts of trimming their estimates and price targets in the final week before earnings. Uh, we've seen this before and it helped to provide some positive upside against what was expectations. That's pretty good. Companies are also doing the, be the best. You know, right now we're seeing buybacks look to be hitting an all-time record this quarter. That could be changing because we're looking at in this budget deal, if it ever gets to law, like I said, can't count – Anything uh, out or in at this point, but they're talking about possibly putting a tax, a surcharge, some kind of a fee, like 1% or so on share buybacks. Now, if that happens, it's going to be a costlier item. And companies like Apple have bought back 25% of the totality of their company. No wonder why their earnings keep on getting better 
and better. Soon there's going to be five shares to trade. And as companies buy back more shares and take them off the market, there's less inventory. Less inventory means that there is the potential for even more price movement that is very significant dependent on the direction. In other words, you have less shares outstanding. So, kind of interesting. So we have right now a bunch of morons that are running the country, laying out uh, pretty much whatever they feel is right for their area, and and the current politicians are, are just politicking and not doing anything of substance, just doing what they can to stay in office. Companies are doing what they can right now to make sure that investors are happy, kind of like a, well... Normal time. <laughs> That's what it is. It's exactly what we have on a regular basis. And that's good because we're getting back to a sense of normality. Now, meanwhile, you know, there's some things that you have to look at that you wonder about what's going on. You know, the latest um, discussions about, you know, taxing billionaires. Well, put that aside for a second. You know, taxing companies at a higher rate. Put that aside for a, sec a second. Markets are reacting and looking through a lot of things. Markets are looking at, you know, what is the future? Just like we looked at the pyramids a little while ago, they're saying, you know what? I'm okay with one quarter of a problem. Now, by the way, we've seen this time and time again where there are things that happen and it's a one-off. Or, you know, it's just transitory, like inflation. Ha! Like we saw with Apple this week where analysts are tripping over themselves trying to explain that this is actually a good quarter, even though they missed substantially. Or Marcus is saying, you know what? Hey, Microsoft did fine and Tesla's doing well. It doesn't really matter that Apple, which was the first and the biggest company in the world, now was overtaken by Microsoft last week. But it's not a big deal that their stock is down and Amazon's getting hit due to the fact that they didn't make any money. Amazon on their retail side, it was pretty much all in their AWS and other sides of the business. Interesting. L labor costs are up. Cost of materials, cost of products are up. Inflation is here. Margins are squeezed. Ah, markets are saying it's only temporary. That's what happened when the NASDAQ was down three quarters of a percent on Friday, finished up a half a percent or so on Friday. Pretty amazing action if you think about it. See that big rollover about three weeks ago, and all of a sudden, everything comes back to all-time highs. And that is telling you that markets are looking past a lot of the headwinds that are currently there. The slowdown in GDP, we'll talk about that. Um, all of this is telling us that there is a, a kind of a view that either one of a few things, nothing matters, or there is... Um, Something else brewing. Something else that's kind of underneath the surface. I want to talk about that. Before I do so, I want to mention interactive brokers. You know, it's the professional's gateway to the world's markets. IBKR offers commissions starting at zero for U.S. listed stocks and ETFs. Enhanced price execution via IB smart routing and access to the powerful trader workstation their web, the mobile, the API trading platforms. You know, you could join clients from all over the world, 200 countries and territories to invest globally. In fact, 
And now you can even trade cryptocurrencies right alongside with your stocks, options, your futures, fiat currencies, bonds, mutual funds, and ETFs, all from a single integrated account at the lowest cost right at Interactive Brokers. I want you to find out more about trading all these securities globally, plus crypto, at IBKR.com. That's IBKR.com to understand how you could do this all in one account, just like the professionals do. So I was mentioning that maybe there's something going on underneath the surface. Maybe there's something else that there's the psychology of something. And I was thinking about that, this... Uh, this conditioning process. You know, Ben Hunt has been on the show a few times. He's a great guest, a friend of the show. And he, what he calls what is happening now and what we're seeing that is going on, he calls it nudging. Nudging, you know, being nudged, nudged. He calls it the nudging state. Just nudging us. Not pushing us, not pulling us, not telling us what to do, but kind of slowly but surely just giving us a little push, just like you would... Uh, if you were somewhere that was very crowded, just kind of giving a little bit of a sprouting of your wings slightly to give yourself a little bit more room. And that goes on for a while, and we eventually go in the direction that has been desired without being pushed. We're being herded is kind of what's going on, I guess. But in the way that we think that it's our idea, that's the brilliance behind it. We're being moved from this place to that place, and we think in the end, you know what? <laughs> that was my idea. I'm smart. I'm really, look at how good I am. I went, look at that. And then you think about it. Well, wait a second. Was that more of a nudge than anything else? Because if you look at the opposite, where you're being pushed, told what to do, pulled, like the vaccine mandates or the mask mandates, the stay-at-home orders, let's face it. People don't like to be told what to do, and they, and they rebel. That's what they do. But the gentle nudge down a path, that's we believe that the feds and the politicians, the talking heads on TV, pretty astounding that we don't really ask for an opposing viewpoint anymore. And, and I'll bring this to where we're talking about the investment environment that we're in now. I mean, it looks like from what I can see when we talk about buybacks, creative accounting, free money, liquidity. First and foremost, it's the free money that allows for a lot of this to go on, the bubbles to grow and create these unintended consequences that we are seeing. The other things are just kind of financial markets that are doing their things, right? But this idea of, of easy money beyond where it is reasonable is pretty, pretty amazing if you think about what is happening right now. There are dozens of reasons, could be even hundreds, why interest rates are too low for where they are right now. There's probably three or four reasons why they should stay where they are. And none of those are really anything more than a CYA to make sure that there's enough money to pay for all the debt. In other words, uh, the expl explanations on the positive side for why there should be low interest rates are only there to explain why there should be low interest rates and to, to basically create a, a shield it's not, you know, you hear, follow the science, follow the math. That's not what this is. Don't kid yourself. What's happening right now and all these pundits that are saying, well, yeah, they're going to be the Fed. The Fed has no idea 
what they're doing at this point. They're making it up as they go with the one idea that is absolute that they're not going to raise interest rates. I mean, what's happening now, these unintended consequences, where we have a time when a cryptocurrency that was created as a joke on a joke is up 750% in the last few weeks. Shiba Inu. Or that investors bid up a SPAC 800% just because it's attached to a celebrity name. Listen, we got to keep cool heads about us, people. Cool heads. Seriously, cool heads about us right now. Because some of the things that are happening are telltale signs of a worrying condition that I've seen. And I've been doing this since the 80s. And I've seen this kind of thing happen. And as you are involved in it, it feels oh so good. And when you get to that euphoric moment, that 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 heightened and top-end complacency is when you start asking yourself questions. You need to start asking yourself, wait a second, why is this happening? And where is the plan for the exit? That doesn't mean that's going to happen today or tomorrow, by the way. I am not telling you that the markets are going to crash because I am so far beyond, I am 25 years beyond trying to predict anything with the markets. That was something in my younger days. I'm like, yeah, I could do that. No, you can't. You can't predict the markets. In fact, if you were to predict the markets, you would have been all in short on Friday with the Amazon and Apple numbers with the readings on a variety of momentum, oscillator, and technical indicators that would have said, we are in overbought zone. Clearly, it was like, the charts that I'm looking at are like, hello, you are overbought. I mean, seriously. But you got to be careful. In fact, last week, I put up a, a post of the KRIs getting pretty hot. I said, you know, it could be a rotation down. And we did see an intraday move, pretty significant, about two days later. It cooled off slightly the KRI, which is the key reversal indicator, something I use just to keep a pulse on where we are in the markets and how far stretched one direction or the other we are. And right now, we're kind of stretched. But we got to keep cool heads. And understand that when we see an Amazon and an Apple fail. Well, we see Facebook changing their name to Meta. What is that? What is going on with that whole situation? Something we'll have to ask an expert on because I I'm thinking there's only one thing. It's trying to deflect the disaster that's going on there. And all of this has to be looked at, I think, very carefully especially when we're looking at what's happening next week. We're going to get into that in a moment in terms of uh, the economics. But let's talk about some of the earnings. I think it was kind of interesting. The big names reported last week. And for the, I mean, for the most part, things are looking pretty good. I mean, Facebook fumbled a bit. Microsoft was just gorgeous. We own that for client accounts. And uh, the TDI managed growth strategy. Ford, spectacular results. Tesla, amazing. All-time high again. Elon Musk, as I mentioned, is the richest person in the world. Doing pretty good. Good job, Elon. Uh, even though uh, his company now, when you when you add it up, is valued pretty much the same as every other car manufacturer in the world. He personally is 
wealthier than the total value of the market cap of Exxon. Pretty impressive run there. And by a far move past Jeff Bezos. So pretty amazing. So right now what we saw was this Apple number that came out. There's about $6 billion of lost or they say maybe deferred revenue due to the fact that there are supply chain issues and they're having some problem with that. Higher costs, et cetera, are, are biting into the Apple. And oh my, did we see, did you see, did you see analysts tripping over themselves to explain while this was really a good quarter for Apple? I mean, even the CEO of the company, Tim Cook, he was telling us that there's substantial headwinds that they're facing due to supply chain costs, et cetera. But somehow the markets, even though Amazon was down also, two big companies that make up a big part of the NASDAQ, the indices, the indices moved up to all-time highs. Even the NASDAQ, like I said, which holds a big point, uh, a big part of, um, or piece of Apple and Amazon. They, they got hit Friday and did pretty well. The VIX down to 16.25. It's a high of about 18 this week. I think Friday's action, though, was a little odd, I'll be honest with you. Profitability was good for some companies, not for others. But also, I think the big issue was that we're coming into end of month. And you know what? After a down month of September, markets just wanted to fly ahead. People were just pouring money in. What a bargain we have. And the FOMO, it just goes on. So right now, again, the trend, which was broken for a moment there in September, is back on. Onto the upside. Uh, economics. Take that for a moment. I, you know, I, I don't know. Are, are, is anybody even looking at this stuff anymore? I was kind of surprised on how soft the GDP number was for the the week the, the last month. Came in at uh, 2% for the initial read, first uh, and foremost read. And uh, that was down from 2.8% as the expectation. And, that, I mean, that's showing some very serious slowing. But a lot of that also can be temporary. So, uh, again, looking through, doing the pyramid view, right? Looking through down the road. Because right now, maybe it's because of supply chains, possibly. It doesn't necessarily look like it's totally a demand issue. Although, we also saw some confidence readings, uh, both sides of them, actually. One good and one not so good. Come in for the last month. But the confidence readings both showed that the future expectations were a lot better than the current expectations. So even with the slowing GDP, we're seeing pricing um, pressures that are pretty sharp. Uh, you would think that's going to naturally dissipate the pricing pressures. But I thought that was pretty interesting. Next week coming up, uh, we have a few things coming up. We have the uh, ADP payrolls. We have the payroll numbers at the end of the month. You know, I've been, I've been when it comes to these, these economics, and for those of you that are younger, newer investors, and, I, and I've talked about this before, this new breed of market participants don't really pay too much attention to, to economics. They don't. You know, they don't have to, right? I mean, in a, in a time of, of money hydrants open fully and liquidity spilling out everywhere, there's no reason really to care because it doesn't, honestly, it really doesn't matter. The fact is that if we have an absolute uh, uh, open hydrant of money that will come in, each and every time there's a market dip, because the money is free or close to free, do any of these things really matter? Does the employment report that we're going to see next week, does it matter if we have a 4.2% or a 5.5% unemployment rate? I don't know. 
4.2 or 3.8. It's like, hey, things are really good. 5.8 is, you know, well, the Fed's going to be on hold for a while. Fed said they're going to be on hold anyway, so we can rationalize anything we want. Now, rates recently have come off the highs. We saw that um, the markets are trying, I think what's happening is the markets are trying to test and toy with the Fed right now. They're saying, hey, you know what? Hey, big talk, no action. And they believe it. The 10 years at 1.56, it was about 1.6% before uh, they started coming down this week. It hit a high last week. The 2030 spread is now inverting, meaning the 20-year yield is higher than the 30-year yield, which is pretty interesting. It, it happened for a moment. It may have stuck there by the end of the week, towards the end of last week. So there's a lot of strange things happening. The biggest issue is going to be that the Fed did say that they're going to start to enter into their tapering process in the month of November. I don't know if there's going to be a no taper November or if they're going to stick to their guns. They may use the soft GDP and possibly if there's a soft employment number this week, like we saw last month, they could use that as further ammunition as well to say, you know what? We're not going to back off just yet. It's not going to do it. So keep a watch on the economics, even though nobody really cares about it. Keep a watch on the rest of the earnings even though nobody cares about it, and keep a watch on the pyramids when it comes to all of this with your own financial planning. Hey, listen, do me a favor. You have any need for help, personal help? You, you just can't do it alone. You're kind of sick and tired of it. You don't understand it. You don't want to understand it. You're not doing a good job of it when it comes to your investments. Let's talk. Let's talk. You've been listening to me for a while. You understand what we do, how we do it. Go over to thedisciplinedinvestor.com, click on the Contact Us button, figure out a way to get in touch. Let's make something happen. I'd love to work with you. Now, starting next week, we're going to weave in some key education, as I mentioned. Always getting back to basics every once in a while. So we'll be covering things like basic financial planning concepts, just so to have the house in order. We'll be talking about, uh, what else can we talk about? Risk factors and portfolio construction. We're going to be talking about uh, starter investments, for example. You're just starting out, like, what do I do? The, the, the debate between mutual funds and ETFs, I got to hit on. And that, I think, probably would be good at this point of how not letting past mistakes cloud your future decisions. Plus, we're going to talk about year-end, right? Year-end's coming. It's right around the corner. Two months away. Two months away. We'll talk about tax planning and more. So all of this happening over the next month, and I want to make sure that you are uh, with me for that. So go over to your friend's house tonight and say, hey, you know, listen to this Horowitz guy, pretty good. You got to tune in. When you're trick-or-treating, you know, instead of saying trick-or-treat, say, you know, hey, sign up for this podcast. Give me a QR code or something. Good stuff coming. Thanks for joining me. We're going to end it right there, wrap it right there, and be back next week with a brand new show talking education over the next few to really get you in shape and where you need to be. Thanks so much for joining me. I'll see you again next week. Nothing discussed in this podcast should be considered a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Past performance is no indication of future results. In addition, the information presented is not intended to be used as a sole basis of any investment decisions nor should be construed as advice designed to meet the individual needs of any particular investor. Nothing herein constitutes legal, accounting, or tax advice, or individually tailored investment advice. 
Remember, investing involves substantial risk. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results and a loss of original capital may occur. No one receiving or accessing this information should make any investment decision without first consulting his or her own personal financial advisor and conducting his or her own research and due diligence, including carefully reviewing any applicable prospectuses, press releases, reports, and other public filings of the issuer of any securities being considered. Please consider this for educational purposes only. As always, use your best judgment when investing. Horowitz & Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training. Advertisements are not related to the host or affiliates and are not considered recommendations by the host of the show or any affiliates of Horowitz & Company.